Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls all over the globe. Welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I am your host, Vince, and I'm here with my friend... It's a me, Kyle. It, it's a papa. Hello, Hello, papa. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. We have something very fun to talk about. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Whatever you celebrate. I believe Hanukkah is really early in December this year, and I don't know when Kwanzaa is, but if you celebrate any of those things, I hope your holidays have been joyous and merry. This is what we like to call a burn around these parts. This is for either Christmas or New Year's. I am not uh, available. (laughs) I'm doing Christmas New Year's stuff. This is something that Kyle and I like to do. We like to talk about fiction in general. So I say, hey, Kyle, why don't we get together and we talk about a movie or something that we really, really, really enjoy. This is a movie that uh, I believe this is like the second most talked about movie in all these movie reviews, Kyle. Mm -hmm. I feel like from the beginning, I've been talking about these movies when we talked about movie reviews, even just the podcast as a whole. I have been talking about this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I've been Um, recommending it quite a bit. You gave it to me yeah. <laughs> one Christmas when I was home, and I never watched it. That movie is Mad Max Fury Road. I have it on Blu-ray here. As you may or may not know, I'm a slut for physical media. I will take all of these to my grave with me, all of my Blu-rays, all of my DVDs, my VHS. Kyle, I bought a VHS tape the other day. Nice. Without an ounce of irony. I don't own a VHS player. I don't either. I, 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 but now I have, I have my, one of my favorite movies on VHS. I have Annie Hall. I was in a thrift store and I saw it and I went, how much? A dollar? I will die by physical media. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, to be completely honest. I think it's one of those things that will bury you in a big back. Blu-ray case. Yeah. You know what? Bury, you know, bury, me, uh, bury me at the Gucci store. Bury me in the – like uh, like a like – a, like we'll a Bury you stop. in the, the dump where all the E.T. games are. Yeah, please. I'd love to be there. I feel like I'm with my people. Alien, alien garbage. <laughs> we have to talk about Mad Max. This movie rips, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, is Uh this movie good. Like, I don't want to get into spoilers or anything right away, but, like, I watched this movie and I went, this is a perfect film. Like, it's so unbelievably good. Yeah. Like, so unbelievably good. The world building, the way it doesn't tell you anything. It tells you enough so you understand what's going on. You know me. I love language degradation. I don't know why. I just love the way, like, it's not gasoline, it's guzzling, because probably gas guzzlers was a term that got left over, and, uh, you know what I mean? And, like, gasoline, and just the way languages bleed together, and, like, how in New Vegas and Honest Hearts, when you meet um, the dead horses and the sorrows, they call you, like, Auslander, and a lot of their language is a mixture of, like, English and Spanish mixed in with, like, local slangs and stuff. There was a few times during this movie where I was like, that's really, like, like the fact that Nux doesn't know what a tree is. Kyle, this, this is a fantastic movie. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so surprised I've never seen it. I know, I know. Uh, like, I, I know. I, like, it, it's two hours and it flies by. Mm-hmm. Like, never, never does a second of this movie feel wasted. It's such nope. a f- <laughs> fantastic flick. Like, I, I, when I met, so normally whenever Kyle and I do something like this, normally it's my old man ass going, hey, let's get this obscure ass movie from this point in time, or not even obscure, but like a cult classic movie. Let's get something like a Logan's Run or a Soylent Green. I know they're not like super obscure, but uh, the original I Am Legend, which was called, oh, geez, Kyle, what was it? Please help me. The gosh damned Omega Man. I don't know how I forgot that. So... It's me normally going, hey, let's take these like classic sci-fi flicks, these old school pictures, and let's talk about them. So it's me going, let's watch these movies that are slow and pedantic. And <laughs> here's this movie that is 120 minutes long, like just about, I think it's like 119 minutes long. Here is this movie that is long as, ha- or that's, that's two hours long. Not a second of it is wasted. Every single moment of it feels absolutely deserved, absolutely justified. Like, What's that? If it all felt intense. Like, there is not a moment where you're like, <sighs> like, it was like, let's go. Yeah. 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 Kyle, I was at work today. 
looking up like more information about it because I only I only had the chance to watch it one time. Usually, usually I like when we review a movie, I like to watch it about three or four times. Mm-hmm. The the initial viewing, I'll do another viewing, a viewing with the commentary. If I have time, I'll do maybe a fourth. Um, and then I'll watch like all the special features and stuff. I didn't really get into a lot of the special features for this because I only got to watch it the one time and I went to bed so late. Like I put it on not realizing how long it was and it was over and I was like, what do you mean it's almost 1 a.m.? I work in the morning. Like it was just such a blast to, to, to watch. Did you know you could watch this movie at like triple speed and still completely understand it? I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. This the, the, it's I forget the exact wording for it, but the focal point instead of being on the on thirds like rule of thirds with editing, the focal point is the direct center because it's so quickly edited. It was thought let's do it this way so when all the action happens, your eyes don't have to find its way across the screen. Mm-hmm. This is a George George Miller, correct? Yes. George Miller wrote and direct this movie. This is the same man who made Happy Feet, Kyle. I know. Do you know, know. how much I love Happy Feet? <laughs> it's wild to me that this movie about being in the desert and and being in like a wasteland, one, was written in 1987. Mm-hmm. That's how long this movie has been in production. It came out yep. in 2015. It, it was written in 87. It was after Thunderdome. That 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 this flick was was written. Yeah. And George Miller goes, we don't have the technology for it yet, but we will soon. How do you feel about um? How do you feel about Bane? I I can't think of anybody's names. I'm so tired, Kyle. Which what one is, his is Bane? Name? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. How do you feel about Mad Tom Max. Hardy being Mad Max instead of? I liked uh, it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I, I like that. Like uh, this one definitely looked the part like took over he like, did now gibson part yeah yeah no he absolutely that and uh the the way that he like barely speaks yeah i really liked because i think it's like max speaks 30 something words in road warrior something or it's like 30 lines and that's like nothing and a lot of it is repeat dialogue he he looks like him too like it's not perfect and i kind of like the idea of mad max being or even furiosa with with the uh prequel that's coming out that was like just announced that it's coming out next year like a week before we decided to do this might have been like as we decided to review it um i like that they're they're getting i'm not a big fan of anna taylor joy i think she's fine like i don't think she's she's stellar but shalice i think was great in this as furiosa um, it kind of bothered me that she didn't have an Australian accent. That is my only nitpick. Right. Genuinely, g- Kyle, 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 you listening yeah, to me? Yeah, I am. Are you recording? Are you recording, recording and are you listening to yes. me? It is astounding that I have one nitpick. Like to me, it yeah. is astounding that I have one nitpick. The only nitpick that I have is that she doesn't have an appropriate accent. This movie is bonkers. It's nuts. It's silly even. It's so good. Like this is a movie. This is gonna this might baffle some people. This might baffle you, Kyle. I love Django. Like Django is one of uh-huh. my favorite movies ever. Django's a movie I could put on in the background and just like pop in and out and be like, oh, I love this scene, and then like leave. This is another movie like that. Yeah. I think it's wild that George Miller wrote this and Happy Feet. <laughs> like <laughs> and I love both like my mom loves Kill Bill, and I love Kill Bill too. My mom loves Kill Bill, and and when I like when I was a kid, and she told me about it, she's like, "You're gonna love it. It's a woman kicking ass." And I called her the next day. I was like, "You're gonna love this movie. It's a woman kicking ass." Like, Kyle, this is a feminist movie. Yeah. This this like, oh, man, I want to talk about spoilers. I'm just really excited because I haven't. Well, let's seen just a get film. into it. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, before we get into the spoiler discussion, there's some people that I have to thank. Some people I have to thank, uh, they're people who support the Patreon. Now, this episode would be recorded live in front of a studio audience. And what I like to do when it comes time for these burners, these special episodes like this, is that I won't announce that they're being recorded. They'll just happen. I feel like the element of surprise is fun. So Kyle and I said, okay, it's Wednesday. We're going to sit down and record. I have another episode to record after this, but we are recording this episode as a surprise. And if you would like to see these episodes get recorded live, 
the Patreon has a $10 tier called the Film Live Before a Studio Audience tier where you can watch them every Wednesday, just about every Wednesday night, get recorded live. And you could change your tier at any point in time. Anything that comes to the show is highly, highly, highly appreciated. So I have to thank some people real quick. As you'll see on screen, the people I have to thank, starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you to Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you to Mellow Millhouse. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank Captain Lennox. Thank you to Captain Lennox. Like I said, because of you guys, the show can continue to grow, get bigger and better. If you'd like, consider giving as low as a dollar. That is the lowest that Patreon will allow me to charge. Your voice gets heard every Atomic Radio Hour episode. That is about Fallout as it usually is. And you get to become part of a bigger community. Thank you very much for your support. I love you guys very, very much. Kyle? Yeah. I am going to open this with a very simple question. Kind of a two-parter, but a very simple one. What is your favorite scene in this movie? Uh, my favorite scene... Uh, I mean, I think I have two. Mm-hmm. I think the first one is when they're driving into the big, huge sandstorm. Yes. And then my favorite... My other favorite one is when they're coming from a night and Max just walks off and you just hear gunfire. And he walks back. Uh, uh, yes, that's when they're in like the blue zone, yeah. which is actually supposed to be the green place. Yeah. So, man, I watched like a, a theory of why you don't see Max kill that man. Hmm. And it was because it's supposed to be a representation of the way the world ended, like how they say who killed the world. Yeah. Uh. It's supposed to represent that you don't see the fights that contribute to your life. So, presumably a war breaks out. You don't see all that. Like, right now, Israel is fighting Palestine or Palestine is fighting Israel, whichever way. And there are so many fights that are going on that we're not seeing, but it is impacting the globe globally, which is redundant to say. But you know what I mean? And that was supposed to be representative of that. There's a lot in this movie that I really like. Uh... I think the entire beginning I really like because of the way it sets the world up. Right. I am a I'm I'm a big fan of exposition and I'm a big fan of exposition when it doesn't tell you anything. Because I feel like it allowed me to see what is that tribe the war boys like do they even have a tribe name? Cuz if they said it I didn't pick up on it. Uh, I'm not sure. Because also I I was laughing when I was watching it the beginning for the exposition because um and Morton Joe opens up a vault door. Yeah. And he calls water Aquacola. And I was like, I cannot get away from soda-based economies and vaults. <laughs> Everything comes back to soda and vault doors. <laughs> like, every piece of apocalyptic fiction I love has that. There's even the scene in uh, The Road where the boy and the man, like, share a Coke. You know what I mean? I was I'm, I I was sitting there going, yeah. like, I cannot get away from it. Uh, but like the beginning where you get to see the Citadel, you get to see the War Boys, you get to see that like that Nux has him. He, he himself has like these tumors on him, and he knows that he's not long for this world. The 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 explaining of like this cult that they're in like that they put their hands together like they cross their fingers together to make it look like a v8 engine and praise the v8 engine is the gas town the same one from road warrior maybe because it looked like it and you never actually see it and the people in that one escape and it's just kind of left to, to, I don't believe the humongous is alive at the end of that one, but like you, like the bullet farm, the way they communicate with the fireworks, Kyle, I love this movie. I know. <laughs> like, like, like it's so, if you would have told me it had to do with, like, I'm so happy. I knew nothing of this movie right. going into it other than witness me. Yeah. Like, I was actually thinking about this before we sat down to record. I hope I am lucky enough one day to understand my own mortality and understand the moments that I am going, like a moment before I'm going to die. And if I'm with somebody, like 
imagine me on my deathbed and just very sheepishly I like roll my head over to my loved ones and just go witness me and then die like think about one how cool that would be and two if my like family member or loved one whoever is there with me has never seen that movie they're gonna watch that movie one day and be like what the f like, what kind of sadistic shit? Like, that is an Easter mm-hmm. egg for me, and I won't even get to see the payoff. Like, ah, oh, Kyle, do you have any problems with this film? I don't think so. I genuinely like, and 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 the symbolism in this movie is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like. It's also incredibly campy, and I love that it can be serious and it can be campy at the same time. The fact that the, the, the women that are considered breeding stock, the many wives of a Morton Joe, are always clean. Yeah. I think is so fun. They're in the middle of a dust storm. Zoe Kravitz looks as beautiful as Zoe Kravitz will always look. Like, <laughs> Tina Turner's in this movie, too. Yeah. She's in it for like a second. Anyway, like, the themes of this movie being that, like, men are destroying things and women are the only people that have, like, a genuine touch. Like, women have compassion. The fact, the fact that Max is like, nope, I hate you all, screw you, you're, you're, I just need to get in this truck and leave, none of it works. And then by the end of it, he's like, hope is bad, and he sees Furiosa and is like... We can make this work. Like, just... Kyle, I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that, like, love isn't a bad thing. Right. Like, isn't that awful that I'm, like, as old as I am and I'm, like... Like, it's only been, like, the past two or three years where I've, like, figured it out. I mean, it's better than figuring it out in your 40s. But I, I'm getting to a point where I'd rather watch something hopeful than depressing. And Kyle, you know me. I know I you. love the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, like I love the book. I love the movie. But, like, I think The Road, if you really look at it, is a movie about love and hope. He loved and hoped for the child. Like, like there's there's little things. I feel like I'm just gushing, and I'm sorry. There's little things nope, about this world that it. I love in an apocalypse. Did you know the woman who was supposed to be teaching um, Morton Joe's wives... You know she's referred to as a word burger? I did not. She has the tattoos all over her, right? Right. That's to teach off of. The concept of teaching somebody, like one person in a community, that is tattooed entirely with their spoken language, with the, their stories on them, is is a fa- like a fascinating idea to think about to think about oral tradition passed down tradition to think about how you could take that and then essentially more or less you can't ter- once someone has died you can't turn them into a, a leather like there's like some legal thing with that that you can't do there was an author that was uh known for like one book and he said when he died he wanted his skin to be the cover of his most popular book and the way you know how like leather ages and stuff over time yeah. it looks better there's something that like human leather doesn't do that the way cow leather does but also like it's a weird uh what do you call it? it's a weird uh morality area like a gray area that like a lot of people just don't feel right doing it i say whatever if the person consented who cares it's their body which technically makes it vegan, Kyle. Did you know that? Hmm. That's technically vegan leather. If I consent to make a pair of shoes out of my skin, that's technically vegan leather because I consented to it. Right. That's the whole point with veganism is that the cow didn't consent to becoming a burger. Gotcha. I want my leg to become a steak and I want you to enjoy it. That is technically vegan meat. So Soylent Green isn't vegan. I love this movie, Kyle. Please say something that isn't me gushing. Please. <laughs> um, did you, after this movie, want to spray paint your mouth? Yes. I mean, you know, any way to get high cheaply. <laughs> Do you know what that was? I looked into, like, what that was. A lot of stuff gets explained in the comic book, which was only a four-comic run. And that's narrated by the woman, the word burger, the teacher hmm. that she like has the shotgun that she's going to shoot it at Morton Joe. And then he like takes her with him on yeah. the, the, the road on Fury Road. Um, that book is narrated by the word burger. 
But I looked up what that is, and it was supposed to be something like it gets you high quickly because it's like it's chrome paint, so it's like inhaling right. chrome paint. It's supposed to like ease your body for death, but oh man. God, I'm sorry, Kyle. I just want to gush. And it's not really, like, I feel like it's not really a review if I'm just like, I love this 50 million times. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the symbolism of one of Immortan Joe's, tell me if you picked up on this because like, once it, once I saw it, it made so much sense to me. Like I, I, it was explained to me like in a YouTube video that I was watching like a breakdown of the movie. Uh, When I was at work, I was listening to it. The woman that is pregnant loses the baby, right? Mm-hmm. Immortan Joe goes, that is my property. The child is my property. I own it. As, right. Uh, along with the woman. So the, the doctor, who isn't actually a doctor, who then removes the baby from her, is called like a flesh technician or something, like a meat mechanic. Right, right, right. He removes the baby, and it's done with such just... Like what? What's the opposite of reverence? Like it's done like it's a task. Like it's done as if it's not like potentially a human life that could have come out. Like it's not the ability to then be something bigger. The only thing you ever see of the baby is the leg, and it cuts the umbilical cord. Nux ties Max up to the front of the car through an umbilical cord. Yeah. Like sim- sim- symbolically. Yeah. And. And the reason why Nux lives and the baby doesn't is because the baby was was property. But Nux is like out of love, like out of out of care, out of seeing that somebody can get better to the point where it comes back and saves Furiosa's life at the end. There was something I was watching that it was like an allegory for for marriage that when she goes, what's your name? Right. And he kind of like looks at her and she's like, will you answer to fool? And then she calls him a fool when she's dying at the end of the movie. He goes. It's Max. My name is Max. That is supposed to be an allegory for marriage, for a man giving his wife his name. Huh. Like, this movie symbol, and like, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, I can't believe the dude who made Happy Feet, Happy Feet made a feminine, <laughs> feminism movie. And then I'm sitting there going, no, of course the man who made Happy Feet made a femin- feminism movie. Happy Feet is about pollution and global warming. <laughs> Did you know that the, the the editor of this movie is his wife? I think I knew that, yeah. And she edited Happy Feet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to hide Mumble somewhere in the thumbnail for this. <laughs> uh, I know um, the, the, uh, the bad guy. What was his name again? Uh, Immortal, Immortal Joe. Immortal Joe is actually the one guy from the other Mad Max. Like the yes, actor. he's the yeah. humongous. Yeah, yeah. I believe he's the humongous. If he's not the humongous, no, I think he's he's the uh, the bike guy with like the curly, long hair. The big muscled guy or the gay guy? Uh, hold on, I I'm trying to remember if it was from the first one or. Huh? Is he in Mad Max One or Road Warrior? Or Thunderdome? Because I've only ever seen Road Warrior. Kyle, I have seen these movies completely. Mad Max Two. Oh man, I have to rewatch it then. I have to also go pick up the first Mad Max and now Beyond Thunderdome because instead of watching these movies as one, two, three, four, I've watched them as two and four. (laughs) And from everything I've heard, those are probably the best ones, but still, I feel like I need to go fill in the gaps. Did you see what the next Mad Max that comes out next year is going to be called? Uh, I don't remember, but... It's called... Now, you know how much I hated Call of Duty's naming of their games, right? It's called Mad Max 2 Furiosa. So it went Mad Max, The Road Warrior, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Mad Max Fury Road, and now Mad Max 2 Furiosa. So the fifth movie is the second movie, but the second movie is a prequel. So it's not even a sequel, even though it's called Mad Max 2. It is now a prequel to a movie that came out in 2015 but if you look at the way the names are it looks like it's a movie that a sequel to a movie that came out in 1979 <laughs> why is it so hard to name a movie i don't know the movie the one the movie the two alien alien 2 or aliens alien 3 that makes Prometheus. some sense 
Yeah, then Prometheus. Yeah, but Prometheus, no one. They didn't say that it was a thing. You know, I've never seen Alien, Kyle. We should review Alien. Well, we should. You think we can get away with reviewing Jaws? That's what? not really like an apocalypse movie, but it's a classic. Why would we, why wouldn't we get away with it? I don't know because it's not like apocalyptic. We reviewed Sonic the Hedgehog, but that was for Kyle and Vince likes things. Yeah, we can do a Kyle and Vince likes things on Aliens. Jaws. Okay, oh, Jaws. Well, no, because like I like to keep for, for right, a right, right. hour when we review a movie, I like to keep it dystopian. But we could just come up with a new name, like not dystopian movie watching. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, my what, what did I originally want to call the three of us before my brother joined? The Last of Us plus one, or The Last of Us and three? Or some yeah. Shit. Um, I I hate naming things, and when I do name, I like them long. Is there any Kyle? Who's your favorite character in this movie? Knox. Oh, another thing. Sorry. Uh, Nux, N-U-X, New Max. Mm. Like, like the, the way that, like he learns from Max and Furiosa, like, he takes from what is supposed to be, like, his parents. Like, Sim, 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 O.J. Simpson. Symbolically. We should watch a movie uh, with him His mother it. and his father. What's up? We should watch a movie with him in it. With O.J.? Yeah, we yeah. should. I thought you were going to say OJ was going to be in this movie. Oh. And I was like, there's no waiters in this movie. He wouldn't have anything to do. No, <laughs> there's a bunch of beautiful women. You know how OJ feels about beautiful women. We should. The, he's in the naked gun. We should We should just watch the naked gun together because it's hilarious. Um, Nux is your favorite. I think my favorite. I can't think of his name. Let me find it. He's the dude who's in charge of, of the bullet farm. Uh, the people eater. The people eater. I love the way... I love the way that... The, the, the leaders of the other villages, of the other tribes, were depictions of how man, in a very literal sense, man destroyed the world. It killed the world. The people eater is gluttonous. He, he had leprosy and he was the only fat person and he was fat because he ate people. Yeah. I always, as we spoke about previously, I love uh, cannibalism in fiction. I also just like the idea of it. I think it's not that I, I'm sitting here like, hmm, I'm going to eat someone unconsensually. Uh, just the idea of it is fascinating to me. Did you know, I heard this theory the other day. Um, did you know that it is believed the reason why humans started eating pork as we were evolving is because it tasted so much like human when we were still like Neanderthals eating other humans. Hmm. And they're like, at some point in evolution, a conscious kicked in. It was like, maybe we shouldn't eat and kill the people that are around us. Right. And that's why pork is ref or human is referred to uh, referred to as long pork by cannibals. Huh. They say it tastes just like pork. I like seeing a character that, like you, obviously disagree with, and that's how I felt about the people eater. He's got like elephantitis. Yeah, like everything about him shouldn't be alive, but because he's so evil, he's also just got his nipples exposed and clamps on his nipples, so <clears throat> it invokes like the imagery of hedonism. And he's like playing with his nipples, like as he's talking to people. The 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 guy from uh, from the gas town that had all the the petrol. Like, the fact that he goes blind and continues to fight, like, at that point, what are you fighting for? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, like the sim, the, the, just, just, yeah. just the imagery of that. Like, this is such a well-made movie. I, I actually, um, I don't think I've ever shared it. I don't really care to, but I have a, I have a Letterboxd. You ever use that one, Kyle? I like Letterboxd nope. a lot, actually. It's, it's IMDB, but it's, like, just movies. Like, it's not TV shows, it's not video games, it's just movies. And uh, I reviewed it on there, and I was reading everybody else's reviews, and, like, I said in it, this is, like, the closest thing to a perfect movie. Like, the close for me, personally, like, anything else you want to say? How long have we been recording for? Yeah, I'm still recording. Uh, I mean, we got to talk about Flaming Guitar Guy. Yeah, he didn't play a, as big as a role in this as I thought he was going to. He played a lot of music. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he there did. Was, uh, <laughs> I mean, 
when I was watching the movie first, I was like, why does, why is there drums? Why is there a guitar man? And it's cool. Um, but also like the idea was every, every warring party needs a drummer boy. Yeah. And like, again, the idea of that, that is not something I would have thought of on my own. Like, I hate talking about myself in a positive light because it feels like bragging to me, but I think of myself as a rather creative person, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And then I see some shit like that and I go, am I even like, am I even trying anymore? Like, did you see that? A dr- Like a drummer boy. Like it's the civil war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what a genius idea. Uh-huh. Like, I love this movie, man. It was good. The actual like, was good. I, I, the pre- I, I, I'm going to get into some of the trivia, some of the notes, the fun stuff in just a moment. But one of the things I was reading on IMDb before we sat down was like 80% of the movie's practical effects are real. Or, I'm sorry. 80% of the movie's special effects are practical effects, yeah. meaning that they happened. Yeah. And I've hit the point of old age. Tell me if your parents ever did this to you, Kyle, where you sit down and something happens. They go, how did they film that? That's me the whole movie. <laughs> I'm that old. I don't get that like, anymore. What? I don't get that from my parents. Of like, how did they film that? Really? Yeah. Because that's all I say anymore. I sit down. I go, what else is he from? And how <laughs> did they that, film though. that? Like, I'm an old man. I know him from somewhere. <laughs> Why do I know him? He was in What's that show, going wasn't on? he? He was. No, he had the big teeth, right? Because I do the the first time I watched The Hateful Eight, I watched it with my mom, right? It was yeah. like Christmas. It was like the perfect time to watch it. We sat down to watch The Hateful Eight. She had seen it in Manhattan when it was on like a special run. So somewhere in my house, I just back home, I just have like a special edition, like pa- like 20 page lithograph book of The Hateful Eight. Huh. That's like little excerpts of like Tarantino and the actors and people talking about the movie and the filming of it. She's like two of them. And we sat down to watch it, and my mom's sitting there going, talking about Walton Goggins, going, "What do I know him from? What is he in?" We're sitting there like reading pasta. Well, now you can be like, "Hey, mom, he's from my favorite show." He's he's from Kyle. I wish you were sticking around to to record the next Mm -hmm. episode with me because I'm talking about that, and I and I have some things I need to read, and I'm very excited. Kyle, I got chills reading the thing. Uh. Anything you want to say before I read some trivia? Man, a lot, a lot of those women die quick. Let me just tell you. They're not good fighters. What do you mean? Well, they're just to get shot. They're just standing on top oh, of the Oh, the old ladies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're old, Kyle. <laughs> no, I don't think any of them lived. No. Do you know what the Bechtel test is? Uh, nope. Let me look it up. It has, it's, it's like a, it's like a feminist thing. Because when I was watching the movie, I was talking about it at work with some people. And they were like, yeah, it passes the Bechtel test. The Bechtel test is a measure of representation of women in a film and other forms of fiction. To pass the women... I'm sorry. To pass, the work must feature at least two women who speak to each other about something other than a man. Some iterations of the Bechtel test require two women to be named. So... They all it is they have to have a conversation that isn't about having sex, like more or less, like or impressing a man or a guy. And uh, there's like a list of movies that do it. It's Kill Bill. Um, Frozen does it too. And this movie, and like when we were talking about it at work, they're like, yeah, it's like an action movie that that passes the Bechtel test. The the editor of the movie, uh, Sixlet, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, who is George Miller's wife went to George Miller and was like, let me edit this. And he's like, why should I let you edit this? And, and she goes, because if you have any other guy edit this, it'll look like any other movie. Love this movie. <laughs> Kyle, I don't like action films. I know. My favorite movie ever is Annie Hall. Yeah. An hour and 20 minutes of a guy who's neurotic and depressed going, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Why isn't she like me? Like, that's my favorite movie. And then you show me this. Yeah. God, what a time to be alive, right? Yeah. I get all of my trivia notes and other fun facts off of imdb.com. Kyle, did you know that there was a fan theory that the boy from uh, the Road Warrior, like the feral child, is this Max? I think I heard that story. George Miller theory. said it's not. 
Yeah. Like he came out. He's like, that's not true. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting because like the, the child is telling the story of Max at the end of the movie. Yeah. Also, I found out that this movie takes place roughly in 2050. Right. Um, which I think is crazy because on when they, we didn't even talk about the tattoo. Kyle, did you see the tattoo? Did you like read what the tattoo says? No. Let me talk about the tattoo quick. Cause this tattoo. is again, another piece of fantastic fiction. The tattoo is written on Max upside down because he's a blood bag and the blood has to drain out of him. So the way it is going to be read is like a blood bag upside down. His tattoo that he now has on his back till the day he dies is upside down. That says he's a universal donor, which is a little plot armory. Like, this isn't even a nitpick that I'm genuinely having. It's a nitpick that I'm thinking about later. It's plot armor because, of course, it's it's typo. You know what I mean? Of course. But it says 12,000 days since the event. Hmm. And I look, and I thought it was, I because when I was thinking about today, I thought it said 10,000 and change. You know how long 10,000 days is? Not sure. 27 years, 4 months, and 25 days. So April 10th of 2024, I will be 10,000 days old. Hmm. It's actually 12,000, so it's like it's roughly like 28, 29, like just 29 years right. since the event has happened. Um but you know, Max was a cop before the war happened, before the event happened. So he had it he's he's like getting close to 50 if he's not already there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like like the way that the tribe interacts with people as livestock is breeding stock is not people but commodities because it says on his back uh actually let me see if i have it saved it says on his back that he's like 15 hands high like he's a horse it says day 12,045 10 hands high height 10 hands 180 pounds no name piss okay genitals intact multiple score scars heals fast o plus high octane universal donor and then it says that he came with his car. Isolate psychotic. And then the doctor signed him in hmm. the tattoo gun. Wow. And then like, like you can't even give blood for an amount of time after you've had a tattoo. So like that makes me laugh too. Let me oh, let me read this trivia, Kyle. Yeah, Sorry. read it. This movie's very good. This movie's I know, incredibly I know. good. I'm upset that I'm seeing it now. Like, I, this movie's I, I been think, out for almost a decade. I think some of the flashbacks he was having is about like yeah. the wild child and then like because there's a like, i think there's a scene where he's like having the flashback and there's like the plane guy the gyrocopter i think so yeah because i know that, that i thought they, they all they're all dead now like i think that's what the meaning of all those flashbacks were is that they're all dead i gotta read this comic there's a comic book shop not far from me where i ordered the last of us comic and i'm thinking mm -hmm. about going and ordering this one if i can um, over 80% of the effects seen in the film are practical effects, including stunts, makeup, sets, CGI was used sparingly, mainly to enhance the Nambian landscape. Editor Margaret Sixel had roughly 470 hours of footage to edit. Watching it took three months. Wow. 470. Wow. Into two hours. There's... In a video I was watching today, I believe they said it's an average of 22 and a half cuts a minute. That's how fast this movie is edited. The flame shooting guitarist is Australian musician and artist Sean Hape, better known as Iota. In an interview on Vice in 2013, he said the guitar weighed 132 pounds and shot real gas-powered flames, which he controlled using the whammy bar. Also... <laughs> A little thing that I that I loved is that he's blind. Yeah. And he loses his guitar for a second and, like, doesn't know what to do because his entire life is playing the guitar. Yeah. And then he, like, gets it back. But another little thing that was great, his the soles of his shoes, because he's blind and only has to do that, completely intact. Huh. That's how you write <laughs> good apocalypse fiction. You think about every character's daily activities. Counting the opening voiceover and discounting angry grunts, Max Rokotansky has exactly 52 lines. 
Kyle, I've never understood filming like as a kid right. when I would film like YouTube videos with my friends or like little things or like even writing something. I never understood that movies were shot out of sequence. This movie was shot in sequence. This movie's beautiful. In the Kane's press conference for the movie, Tom Hardy apologized to George Miller for the reported complications between, between the star and the director during the film. He stated, there was no way, I mean, I have to apologize to you because I got frustrated. There was no way George could have explained what he could see in the sands when we were out there because of the due diligence. I didn't know due diligence was two words. Because of the due diligence that was required to make everything safe and so simple. What I saw was the relentless was a relentless barrage of complexities simplified for the fairly linear story. I knew he was brilliant, but I didn't know how brilliant until I saw it. So my first reaction was, oh my God, I owe George an apology for being so myopic. Charlize Theron mentioned similar experiences where she had no idea what she was filming up until the point where she would ask the director what the hell she was doing. What the hell he, excuse me, what the hell he was doing. In the end, Seeing the finished film greatly exceeded her expectations as well. The older actresses playing the Val... The, the Val... I can't say this, Kyle. Right. Vuvali did their own stunts. Those old women did their own ah. stunts. I bet I bet that Vuvali, like the way that's spelled, has something to do with vulva. Like, just, just the feminine idea. Also, hold on a second, Kyle. You ready for yeah, this I'm one? Yeah, I'm ready for this one. The green place, which is actually the blue zone that I'm going to start calling it. Yeah. When when Furiosa's like, I'm looking for home. And they're like, you went through home to get here. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, the crows. And she's like, you're kidding me, the crows? Those crow people that look like they're from Labyrinth? Yeah. Those are men. Those are the men that that tribe outcasted. And they were to farm the crowed lands for those people. So those people that she saw were remnants. So to her, that was normal. Huh. Those are people that have been ostracized by their own people and then went back to their homeland to find it destroyed. Right. There is a beautiful story in there. I love this movie. Regarding the look of the film, director George Miller laid down two stipulations for the producers to follow. Firstly, the cinematography would be as colorful as possible in order to differentiate the film from other post-apocalyptic movies, which typically were bleak, desaturated colors. During pre-production, the initial concept was for a black and white film, however. Producers strongly advise against it as they believe it would deter audiences. Miller's original concept would come to fruition and release in the Mad Max Fury Road Black and Chrome edition, which you were telling me about earlier, Kyle. Yep. Secondly, the art direction would be as beautiful as possible as Miller reasoned that people living in the post-apocalyptic world would try to find whatever scraps of beauty they could in their meager environment. One of... I don't have a ton of favorite authors, and I don't own any books by him, but uh, Harlan Ellison, a man who I respect his opinion and his work, said that, and this is this is what I think a big turning point with me, how we talked about positivity early, Kyle. Yeah. Apocalypse fiction is still hopeful. All good fiction is based in hope, he said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but apocalypse fiction is still hopeful that there is a human out there trying. Right. And I think, like, like even the end of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, he's still trying. According to director George Miller, the film's storyboard was made even before the screenplay. The reason behind this was because Miller envisioned the film as a continuous chase with little dialogue and more focus on the visuals. The storyboard was made with the collaboration of five artists and had about 3,500 panels. Tom Hardy suffered a broken nose during the filming when Chalice Theron accidentally elbowed him. She was wearing a green screen arm cast at the time, which was used so the graphic artist could digitally remo remove Furiosa's arm. That's actually a big part of the Furiosa movie from everything I saw, is how she lost her arm. Huh. As far as we know, everything we know about the Furiosa movie, this is the next thing that's here. Everything we know about the Furiosa movie, Mad Max isn't even in it. It's about Furiosa, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. April 3rd of 2015, Tom Hardy announced that he would sign on for three more Mad Max films. So he is contractually obligated to make three more movies. Yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> the jacket worn by Tom Hardy is a replica of the one worn by Mel Gibson in the last two movies of the original trilogy. The original Gibson jacket was found in storage at Kennedy Miller and copied 
heavily. I have a leather jacket, and I remember when I bought it, I put it on, and my first thought was, Tunnel Snakes rule. My second thought was, I feel like Mad Max if he had a hard time losing <laughs> weight. <laughs> Shalice Theron shaved her head for the role of Furiosa, and as a result, she had to wear a wig for her role in A Million Ways to Die in the West. To prepare themselves to go into battle, ready to sacrifice their lives for a Morton Joe, the war boys spray their lips and teeth with a silver substance, very much like common spray paint. Both war boys and Morton Joe often speak about this as a religious ritual, saying that it will allow them to enter the gates of Valhalla, shiny and chrome. However, in May of 2015, in a May interview from 2015 with Crave Online, actor Hugh Kays Byrne, who plays a Morton Joe, said that this practice, which the war boys think is purely ritualistic, actually involves the inhalation of a very euphoric drug that keeps the war boys high and sadistically devoted to a Morton Joe. Another clue to the spray's neurotic properties is the fact that the chrome and chroming are Australian slang terms for inhalant abuse. Writer-director George Miller said that he got the idea from an Australian filmmaker David Bradbury's 1981 Vietnam documentary The Front Line, in which Cambodian soldiers prepared for battle by suspending small jade figurines from a Buddha into their mouths with little straps. This, okay, you know what, Kyle? Second nitpick. I don't like when night scenes are just shot and then turn blue. They're in the desert, so it's going to be incredibly hard to light that, so I give it the pass. Night scenes were filmed in broad daylight, deliberately overexposed and color manipulated in many shots. The sky was digitally replaced with more details and interesting skies. Because the movie is so vibrant, I give it the pass for that as well. Right. I like the idea of the night being blue. Like, there's, it's just different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it added anything. I, I didn't get any symbolism out of it. Maybe I missed something. If I watch it again, I'll pick it up. But I like the idea of that because the rest of the movie is these bright oranges, and then all of a sudden you are contrasted with this nice blue. Right. According to Tom Hardy, he had lunch with Mel Gibson to discuss him taking over the iconic role of Max Rock. Atansky. Gibson told him, I'm just too old to effectively play Max, and he gave Hardy his blessing. That's cool. Yeah, that is. The film was originally intended to star Mel Gibson as the, in the title role in 2003, but because director George Miller ran into problems while shooting locations and Gibson's interest in the passion of the Christ, this never happened. <laughs> Kyle? Yeah. What would you rate the movie My Good uh, Band? Uh, I'm going to say 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10 blood bags. Hell yeah. I am going to give this movie a 9.9 witness that, that out of 10. That non Australian accent got you. Yeah, man. It's, it's it, it, like I said, it's but the you, little You wouldn't things. think also, that there would be a non Australian in Australia? She was too young. She was... See, this is the thing. She was too young. Like, I expected Furiosa to be... Like, I'm assuming we're going to learn more about it when the, the prequel comes out. I expected Furiosa to be... Let's say that it happened 28 years ago. I expected her to be, like, 24. Right. Like, she is, she's one of the first generation of pre-event babies. Um, when you meet the, the, the Vivali tribe that she's from... Not everyone has an Australian accent, so I can kind of give it the pass. But it wasn't even like she said certain things like with a British accent and then some things with an Australian accent because those were her two melding of cultures, it seemed as if. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't know. Because you know how much I love Joker. I don't think I'd give Joker a 10 either. Right. So, yeah, 9.9. Okay. 9.9. Okay. This is the definite... But, like... This is the definition of, a, in my mind, like, pretty damn near a perfect movie. Like, the only way this movie could have been better is if, like, half of the proceeds went to erecting uh, orphanages for crack-addicted babies. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only other way I could give this movie. Like, oh, you know, it was a humanitarian... It's a, it's, a, it's a feminist movie and a humanitarian flick. Yeah, you know, it's a 12 out of 10 now. Like... Damn near perfect movie. I, I I am upset that I went to the to the vintage stock I always go to and passed this bad mother.
every time and went, I know Kyle really likes this movie and just never thought about it. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. If there's anything you'd like to say, Kyle, before we get out of here. No, I think you you said all what I was going to say. I'm sorry if this doesn't feel like a review and just feels like me rambling. Hey, I've been waiting for you to watch this movie, so it's, you know. I I read something, or I – Maybe it was I think it was Fantano talked about it, so it probably wasn't even a thing. But it was like as you hit a certain age, you stop, and he disagreed with it. But you stop liking things. Like you, you kind of stick with the same music, you kind of stick with the same movies. And I'm kind of afraid of that. The older I get, like I'm not afraid of aging. I'm afraid of my taste stagnating. That's why I I watch skibbity toilet videos. Not because not because I think they're funny. Some of them are funny. The skibbity Rizzler. You ever stick out your gat for the Rizzler, Kyle? <laughs> like that stuff. Like to me is funny, but it's also like I want to know what's funny because I want to know why kids think something is funny because the people that are going to be the funniest people aren't going to be the people that are 40 coming up with the new ideas the people that are 40 coming up with the new ideas i feel like are the people who are saying that like the jews are evil (laughs) and you get someone who's 20 and is saying this is what's funny this is what's here this is what's now this is what my generation agrees with you need to follow what the younger generation is saying because they understand what the future's problems are going to be way more than what a 50, 60-year-old man has to say. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And, like, I'm just happy that I could sit down and enjoy this movie and have such a good time with it the way that I did and not be like, oh, I'm an old man. I don't like things anymore. Right. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed me gushing about <laughs> enjoying things once more. My name is Vince. This has been... Uh, this is me, Kyle. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. You can get a link to the intro song, which is called Feather Duster, at his website at silvermansounds.com slash free music. Throw a slash at the end there for Feather Duster, or listen to all of his free heaters, because they're free. In the link in the description below, there are links in the description below to the Patreon. Again, thank you to the Patreon. Check it out if you like this. If you want to hear me gush about more stuff I like, if you want to hear me talk about Fallout, other pieces of fiction that I like, whatever. You just like me, I don't know. You like me? Uh, <laughs> you can give it all to the Patreon or just share this with a friend. It helps out tremendously. There's also links to my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, and the show's Twitter. The Redbubble is down there as well if you'd like to buy a logo on a sticker or a t-shirt or, or what have you. Uh... I hope you guys have seen this movie. I hope you guys are happy. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me this week. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Whatever whatever this comes out around. I will see you guys next week, presumably for another burner because if it's Christmas time, that's kind of the MO. I love you guys. I'll be seeing you next week. Bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.